Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Thank you for being here. A big thank you to the sponsors as well, Bang Norrison of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Jason Briggs and the Bang Norrison of Cheltenham team with that sister company, Serene AV, that sources equipment much wider and beyond the wonderful quality of Bang Norrison, but whatever you want for your bespoke home service, they are very much active on social media, Bang Norrison Cheltenham on Twitter and on Instagram. And indeed, the website, obviously, all the contact details, numbers and things like that for a consultation, advice, any uh, updates, any repairs that you want doing as well. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his team. Thank you to Cytoplan as well for their association with the podcast supplements that we've been taking for the best part of two decades as a Draper family. My father, who is a doctor and nutritionist, outlines the reasons why more cogently and more scientifically, but fundamentally from, from speaking to him, and you can listen back to the earlier podcasts over the summer I did with my dad, Dr. Mark Draper, that actually it's because the perception is that over farming of soil, not being left fallow, that soil is diminished in terms of nutrient content. And also the fact, and this is in the UK, by the way, if you are listening to other parts of the world, it may well be different in terms of your micronutrient content, your trace element content, content where you are. But he particularly points to the depletion of selenium and zinc in UK soil and the fact we're not consuming as many calories. Even though we're getting bigger, we're consuming less and less calories because we're less and less active. There's less and less energy going out. We're bringing less energy in. Hence, he advocates for, for supplements and he consults for Cytoplan. If you do want a discount, particularly with immunity in mind, a supplement that we take is Immunivide. Now, we're all conscious of that in the moment. And hopefully, the one thing about the coronavirus pandemic is it will be a catalyst for us uh, taking charge of our health a little bit more. It has exposed any frailties, obviously age being one that we can't necessarily control, but type 2 diabetes, obesity, all the kind of things that perhaps a chronic lifestyle issue related, maybe we'll be more active about. But in terms of uh, immune systems and optimizing that, one we take is Immunovite, I-double-M-U-N-O-V-Y-T-E, which contains uh, the selenium, zinc, vitamin C, and other good stuff, beta-glucans, I think they're called, um, to help boost our, our immune system. So if you get in touch with cytoplan.co.uk, you can get a discount, a 10% discount with uh, association with the podcast. It is Draper10, D-R-A-P-E-R, and then the number one zero. And it's all capital letters, so Draper in capital letters, then one zero, number 10. Hope you like um, the podcast coming up. Really fascinating chat with an effervescent young guy. I've been trying to get hold of for a while. We haven't been able to get connect, and he's had a frustrating 18 months because he's a young boxer from nearby Gloucester to me. It's kind of like neighboring city to the town of Cheltenham only six seven miles away I believe and that's getting ever closer because of building of estates in between and stuff but he's uh, not fought for 18 months but he's been trying to challenge Philip Bowes for the Commonwealth and British title for a long time first off it was uh, cancelled because the opponent Bowes had an illness and then there was a cancellation because of coronavirus when he was on his way to the fight when the pandemic set in when the lockdown began that was his, his ambition was curtailed but he's a young man plenty of years ahead of him talks really well intelligently here about how he got into boxing what it gives him his ambitions uh, so hopefully you enjoy this and we also touch upon black lives matter and his thoughts as a black young black man the black boy in gloucester which is becoming ever more multicultural but wasn't his experience at school because he went to a predominantly white school so we'll hear what he has to say about that hope you like it if you do rate it on itunes i'll just be back at the end to to bookend it uh, but yeah beautiful evening here i hope you're having a good week i hope you're well hope the anxieties of health and finance aren't too uh, too heavy on your shoulders at the moment and you enjoy this podcast thank you guys hello Riddy. hey hello Ed, you're right man yeah i'm good how are you 
I'm all good, man. I'm all good. <laughs> you, you must be itching to get in the ring, aren't you? Because I was looking, it's been 18 months. Well, it's been 18 months for you and, and your opponent, Philip Bell. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while, man. I can't actually wait. But it's one of these things, you know, it's a little bit of been a waiting game. But yeah. I'm not it's one of them things. Well, you got to the eve, but you got to the eve of the fight pretty much both times, did you? Before, obviously, first, what was an injury or illness to, to Philip Bowes or Bowes? I don't know how you say his surname. And then, and then you had the. Um, and then obviously Corona came just before you were due to fight again. Yeah, like um, I think with the first time, yeah, it was a bit of a weird shock. Yeah, I've never had a experience like that before. Where it's like it's like literally like three hours before me and my coach were in a chain. No, not we were in a hotel room. Like mm. literally an hour till we're gonna leave, and we get like a phone call. Like oh, uh, well not an hour, but like two hours till we're gonna leave, and then we get a phone call. Like um, yeah, the fight's off, and I was just thinking what? So wow. I was, Went through that, went through never camp, training camp, all the money wasted, whatever, all the tickets we had to give out. Yeah. Basically sold it all, did it all again, and then ended up on the second time, we driving up to the press conference, and then as we done away up, um, yeah, got a phone call just as we like half an hour away from London, saying, mm. yeah, like, you know what I mean, the fight's off, so I'd be kind of come up or just turn back around. So oh, man. Yeah. So what date was what date was that? Because that was was that middle of March or something? The, the yeah, 20, 22nd of March, the second one was. Wow, so that's just right when the UK went into shutdown. That's such such bad luck. But how how has it been then financially? Because that's the key point, isn't it, with boxing? Not only is it fragile because you've got two people involved, and if one of them gets sick or injured, then it's kind of it's it's off unless they get a late a late replacement. And um, I, I, have you been okay for that eighteen months? Have you, have you found work? Has sponsors stood by you? Yeah, man, I've been okay for um, time being. Like, obviously, with sponsors, I got some real good sponsored local businesses and stuff like that, and. Um, like got like brothers or that family but would like if I ever needed you know what I mean yeah. I think I've been a bit smart with my monies over the, the clackable fights and stuff so um, I've been okay um, but yeah like at the same time who wants to waste money like the amount of money it's not just <laughs> about the money for the COVID and whatever and the time being off but if you add that in with the two back-to-back camps here like camps ain't really cheap people a lot of fight, um, people don't know fans don't understand that camps ain't cheap and the higher you get up here the more expensive your camps get mm, whether it's from yeah. traveling sparring paying so much stuff food equipment all the type of stuff here you waste um and it's just a case of like when i when i added it all up at the end i thought what like the first time I was like oh my god that was a bit of a million because i kind mm. of like really wasted a lot of money expecting to make all the money back like you know what i mean and yeah, then the yeah. second second time was just like it was like annoying. I thought, oh my gosh, not again. Like, what's the chances of that? You know what I mean? So I said, I wouldn't make that mistake again. But um, with the COVID on top of that, yeah, it was a bit like a really annoying financially, but not in a way where I was out. Like, you know what I mean? I said, like I said, I, was, I sports myself. Luckily, I've been a bit smart with money um, and I got good sponsors and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been a bit okay. Yeah, man. But you invest a lot of time and energy in, into it as well, haven't you? That's the thing, I suppose. It's the money, but also the kind of, you've, you've had those camps. Did you just kind of taper down then over, over the pandemic and then, start to get back in order to tick over throughout it how did you how did you approach it physically um it's more of a like a tick over thing so say with the the first week um of the fight being cancelled i'm not gonna lie i was saying i'm not even i didn't want to see a boxing team you know what i mean i didn't <laughs> want to see no boxing nothing because it was just like yeah I, I, was, I was a bit confused you know what i mean like but it was like i handled the second time a lot better than the first time the first time was a bit like a bit depressing for me because it was like it was right there like i felt like the golden pot was right in front of me my big yeah. great and it just got snatched away from me so it was that type of thing. But the second time, I was kind of prepared for it because yeah, leading up to the fight, I was always having the back of my mind that, oh, this might not happen. This might not happen. You know what I mean? Um, but not leading up to it. It's like literally the week, the weekend before the... No, so say the week before the fight, um, 
um, I kind of had on my fingers, like, you had the football get called off and stuff, things like that. So that's mm-hmm. when it started to grab my attention, like, all right, you know what, maybe you should have this. But everybody else around me was like, no, it's going ahead, going ahead, don't worry, we're okay, boxing, okay, the, the, your fight's okay. <laughs> the week after, they, like, they're telling me, like, the week after your fight, that's when everything can be locked down, like, you're just lucky. So I thought, all right, cool, we'll see. But I couldn't get my hopes up for it, you know what I mean? Like, even driving up to it, especially from what happened the first time, I said to myself, like, till I get Philippos in the ring and the first bar goes, I don't care, I don't even care if he walks to the ring, I can walk to the ring, whatever, there's, there's still a chance the fight could be off. So I kept that in my mind. Um, so after the fight was off, um, I didn't really want to like really see no boxing nothing like that for the first week. Um, we had like a little bit of a chill out at some food, mm. you know what I mean? Wait, but went back up. But then it was a point in, uh, it was a point through like the whole pandemic. For me, I think we didn't know if the world was going to end or it was going to be like this for however yeah. long. Like, but like, I remember like the world went kind of panicky, you know what I mean? And it was all <laughs> a weird experience. But my coach was like, Proper on me, like, oh, you got to still train, they're gonna drop it on you. Duh, 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 mm. duh. And I was just thinking, we well, don't know this, you don't know this, but I had to kind of like keep the professional mentality that you know what, he is right. So yeah. we just kept on ticking over. You couldn't really go with like full gear like we've gone before, but we just kind of like kept going, kept going. And then there started to be hints of summer. So when I started getting that, that was like my motivational drive. So, like, you know what, all right, there's nothing really set clear, but just keep ready, keep ready because you never know. You don't want last thing you want is just drop it on you in summer that you're fighting and you're not you're not even fit enough and then you lose your shot then, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, you mentioned the weight thing, because you're pretty tall for a super lightweight, aren't you? So you're, you're yeah. what, five eleven and, and, and that's ten, yeah. that's ten, people don't know super lightweight is ten stone, hundred and forty pounds. So it's not it's not heavy for, for someone of your height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for like the super lightweight weight, I think that's why I probably make up most of the weight because I'm not really the biggest and I'm kind of like so lean, slim, you know what I mean, type mm. of thing. And I ain't, got, I ain't got big legs, you know what I mean? So um, I think I make up the weight um, by my height because I see somebody's ever super lightweight. I think, you know, I'm massive. Like, if you see the way they like, they come down, they, they drop down for like wild weight, super wild weight, lose all that weight. And then um, as soon as like, they weigh in, they put all that weight back on, boom, boom, boom. You know yeah. what I mean? But then for me, I've never really been one of them guys. Like, if I watch, I go down to lightweight and stuff like that. But I don't want you. Like, I feel like super lightweight is the weight for me, whereas like, I, I make the weight properly, you know what I mean? I don't ever, I've never missed the weight. I've always come in on weight. I've never had to strip off boxer, do anything like that. And my yeah. coach is really professional with the whole weight and diet and all that type of stuff. So when it comes to that thing, like, he proper leaned on that, like, get make sure you make the weight. Like, he doesn't, he said to me, don't ever make me embarrass him and not make the weight. <laughs> so, um, I think that's like, yeah, I think I'm... And you, you, feel good at, you feel good at that weight, though. You're not drained when you come in. You, like you said, those guys that want to be as big as possible, when, so they boil down to a weight and then try and fill up before the fight. I mean, that's not, not great yeah. for your health and your strength, I think, long-term. 100%, man. I see um, so many guys do that. You're like, you'd be surprised. A lot of these fighters do it. And I think that's a big mistake, you know I mean? Not really a big mistake. If it can work for you, I see some people that do it the right way, but there's a, there's a key to how you do it. And if you can do it the right way, then yeah, it's okay. But for me, I feel like... Why not come in strong, healthy, feeling like great? You know what I mean. And um, mm. don't get me wrong, if I want, I can go down the way and be the bigger puncher. But I don't, I don't need that. That's not my thing. I rather kill people on uh, speed and technique and stuff like that, and be energized and be able to go long all the way through mm. from the first round, the same as the last round. You know. Yeah, you so, mentioned yeah. You, you mentioned that because I was chatting to your manager Matt on the phone last night, and he was saying that obviously you didn't love amateur boxing. You did box a bit in amateur. Oh, Matt, well. Matt, my, my PR, my PR, Matt, yeah. PR, PR Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I was surprised, though, because because you, I look at your professional record and only one of your fights has, has, has ended before the, the, the end. You're 13-0, but they've, they've gone the distance. You've won on points, which is yes, you're a bit of a stylist. Did you not, did you not enjoy amateur boxing? Because I thought it might be suited to your, to your more sort of stylized um, talents. It's weird, yeah. Cause with amateur boxing, it's like, when I started amateur boxing... It was like I walked into amateur boxing more as the pro style, you know what I mean? Everybody said my style is totally the pros. But I walked into amateur boxing when it was um, 
you know, head guards and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. So it was all point scorers. So then it's like, I remember, I remember, I can't remember what fight it was yet, but I didn't really get the decision. And I felt like I won, but I obviously learned it was all about point scoring, that type of stuff. So it was like, you know what, calling and giving yeah, to that it's guy. Yeah, not, not about the, the quality of the shot, it's about... Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be outworking guys yet, but it didn't really matter because they'd be getting little tippy taps, whatever. So I thought, all right, cool. So when I adjusted my style to that type of way, the, 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 the whole game changed to the whole pro we know head guards, uh, point 10 point math. So then I had to kind of like, <laughs> I was losing, not losing fights, but I was like not making, getting decisions on certain fights because of that type of thing. I was thinking there was guys where I would, I'd be hitting guys a hundred of times, but just because yeah. they're coming forward or whatever and whatever would apparently be an aggressive, they would get it. So um, I just said to myself, like, my, maybe should I get to the pro, then we can see what's really what. And I've, I learned um, how the real pro game works properly. And my style suits the pros amazingly, mm. I think. But I was getting a lot more stoppages in amateur, to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? I had a, I had a yeah. few, few couple of stoppages in amateur, but, you know, it's one of them things. Well, it sounds like you're, you're made for a longer career, though, in a sense. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're boxing your way to victories rather than having a slugfest, that's, that's got more longevity to it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think it's like, like Floyd Mayweather always says it, you know what I mean? It's about getting in this game and leaving with the same brains, fundamentals, everything, your good looks, everything. And if you could do that, <laughs> yeah, then, you know what I mean? Good luck. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm deep down. If you people don't understand, they see me and they think, oh, yeah, just a, a stylist, whatever, hit, move, whatever. But they don't know. I, I, I used to grow up on Rocky, man. I used to love like, <laughs> getting in a trench. I like getting in a trench and having a good war if it comes down to it. But there's obviously yeah. a time and place for that, you know what I mean? And it's, it's there's not really many, drag- you can't do that many times, can you? That's the thing. You can't. <laughs> 100%, you can't do it, yeah. I said, if someone dragged me into that like type of thing, don't get wrong, I'm ready to go there, you know what I mean? But if you don't need to go there, then, you know what I mean? I'm, I, and I used to love doing that stuff, and then John, my brother, people used to get me, he said, don't, you don't need to war, you don't have to have a fight, come on, box smart. Duh, duh. So then it's just that type of thing, you know what I mean? Like being smart and winning the game properly. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned you've got kids as well, mate. How's that been over lockdown, having them at home and stuff? Yeah, yeah, my son. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I, I really love my kids, yeah, but, oh, boy, I've actually learned he's so annoying. You know what I mean? Like, when you try so much time, yeah. How like, old is he? Uh, he's only three, but he's trying to force him. So he's just at that age where it's like, he's trying to do everything, you know what I mean? Hyper, yeah. talking, loads. And I never thought to myself, bro, like, you talk so much, fam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just be quiet. Like, But at the same time, it's like a proper blessing and time that with lockdown, so the amount of time I got to spend with him. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's been, it's been great, man. You How know, does he sleep? Is he, is he all right at sleeping? Because that can be tricky if you're a professional athlete, can't it? Getting the rest you need sometimes. He, you know, he was, but then I think the whole lockdown just took him out of routine a little bit, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. he's, been, he's been up a bit late a couple of times, whatever, but he, he, nah, he, he sleeps well. He stays in, you know what I mean? Um, we watch the boxing together whenever it's on, whatever, and yeah, man, it's good. It's a good time. Oh, good man. Well, good for you. I'm glad you glad you got to spend time with him. And I was thinking about you, this is, I guess, maybe work for you in a sense against Bose is that he's the older man what, 36, if, if, if time is, is kind of um, more expensive to either of you, it's probably him, isn't it, I guess, in this matchup? 100%. But it's a funny thing when you say that, yeah, because this fight, yeah, like, I dubbed this fight, yeah, AJ, nothing but a number. Now, people say, why? Like, why did you dub it that, yeah? That's my nickname for this fight, and that's why I think they should have titled <laughs> the fight, yeah? Because it's like, you got Bose, yeah? Both of us are top 10. you got Bose, the oldest in the top 10. Oldest yeah. in the top 15, you want to call it, yeah, in Britain, whatever, yeah, in super lightweight division. And you got me, the youngest in the top 10, top 15. Yeah, you're 24, aren't you, for people who 24, listen, yeah. you know what I mean? And I've been the youngest in the top 10, top 15, top 25, whatever, for like the last... I don't even know, like, at least three years, you know what I mean? Like, I've been the yeah. youngest, you know what I mean? Like, since I fighted Glenn Fart, I've been the youngest in there, whatever, since I made my way up there. And it's like, um, with Bowles, he's been like, why? Well, I think only now he's been the oldest. But I literally, the other day, I thought to myself, yeah, this is going to be interesting to fight to see is it about youth or is it going to be about the wise, experienced, older, mm. you know what I mean? So it's interesting. He's another rangy super lightweight, isn't he? Because he's tall as well. Is, that, do you expect, do you, 
is it similar styles do you envisage or how do you expect him to come out yeah, very similar, just me being a lot better, you know what I mean? Me being a lot quicker, a lot slicker, a lot... You know what I mean? He likes to be a slickster, whatever, and this is the one thing what I like about this fight, because if, if you look at all my fights, my last victories, all of them, yeah, they're all different styles, yeah, and yeah. I've... I've I, um, I haven't perfectly got my way to pick these styles, but I've been happy with the styles because it all been different. And it's like, how can you say you're going to be the best in the world if you haven't fight every type of style out there, you know what I mean? So, for mm. me... um. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I remember, like, this would be a nice slick stuff, so it's going to be able to see, the, show the world how I deal with another technical boxer. I've dealt with bangers, I've dealt with aggression pressure fighters, I've dealt with tall, rangy fighters, I've dealt with um, basic boxers, you know what I mean? A-based styles, you know what I mean? So now mm. it's time to fight someone a bit similar style to me, and this is going to just all help my development to when I get to, like, the top world level, you know what I mean? So, and if you yeah. can't deal with these type of guys now, then don't even think about world level and them type of things, you know? Yeah, what was the issue that he cancelled the first fight for? Was it, was it illness? Was it a, a bug or was it uh, an injury or something? Something about um, blood in... No, some traces. Traces. Not even blood in the urine. Traces, oh, okay. like, in, in his urine. But... That, with that, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying nothing or hiding nothing. But I didn't see nothing about that. You know what I mean? I didn't see mm. nothing. And I just thought it was a bit, a bit odd that he was, he was at the, he was at the way, and he was doing his way, and he's all there. The fight was all had to go, and apparently there was some medical, whatever. But I didn't have no medical. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not judging nothing or saying nothing yet. But it is very easy. Maybe to, a blow, just, blow to the kidneys or something. Maybe yeah. It could, it could be anything. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say he was lying, but I just thought it was a bit dodgy <laughs> how the whole thing. You know what I mean? When went on, you know what I mean? Like I personally, in my opinion, I felt like he would have been more happy that the fight didn't go ahead at that particular time. Not saying that he doesn't want to fight me. I just reckon right then, and then he didn't want the fight to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's interesting. Yo, he might not have felt quite right. And that's an interesting thing because with with fighting, it's so difficult because you can go have a three month camp and then you just don't feel good on the day. And it's maybe he got swayed a little bit towards um, cancelling it or whatever. So that's that's really interesting. The sort of I, don't, I know Luke Campbell talked about that, didn't he? When he lost his first fight in 2015, he talked about just not feeling good that day. It should have cancelled the fight, but but didn't ended up losing it to Ivan Mendy, I think was his uh, his name. So Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah I've seen that point, yeah. But it's it's tough, isn't it? Because you can feel great all camp and then you wake up on the day and you don't feel like you've got no. you've got much energy. But what what about um you, you, in terms of your, your profile, do you feel you got the credit that you deserve for going 13-0 and challenging so, so young? You got the English title and you're now going for Commonwealth and, and British unification. Nah, not at all, man. Not at all. Like, um, I'm, not, I'm, not going, I'm not mad at it. I'm not annoyed at it. I just feel like this one of them things will happen in the world, you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like credit where credit due. I do get the credit in a way of like, none of these fighters want to fight me, you know what I mean? Happy mm. fighters running scared, avoided, whatever. So in that, in that instinct, it's like, Top fighters, I used to watch whatever or think, all right, cool, wouldn't mind my name being sat next to them in the, in the division. When I look at the ranking, they don't even want nothing to do with me because they know that it's going to be game over for their career, you know. Mm. So, in that aspect, yeah, it's good, but from the aspect in the boxing world, it's like, nah, like, you know, what I mean, like, I felt like even even you look at it from if you look at the reason why I haven't fighted for the last year, like, you could look at me and Bulls, he, he Bulls probably not fighting for the last year because he hasn't wanted to fight for the last year. He got his Commonwealth title, he chilled out, you know, what I mean, he's easy, he's a bit older, mm. you know, chill out for me. I've been wanting to fight only the best big names. I don't want to go back to fighting no journeyman's um, low level. Yeah. You know what I mean, I've always said I want to move forward and fight the best in the division. And if, you, if you're saying the best, why not move on and fight the best? So when you look at why I haven't fighted in a whole year, I felt like I've been shut out in the boxing game. Like, you know, I felt, I felt like these people have said, you know what, don't let him in. You know what I mean? Whether it's been yeah. big promoters to certain fighters, whatever. 
people promote. Is that because you're not fighter. attached? You're not attached currently to a big promoter. You feel that's, yeah, that's 100%, part of the issue. Not, not attached to the, the big promoter. If I was attached to a big promoter, then the promoter has to feed me their own fighters. You know what I mean? So mm. then they fight. Not only promoters. Why would they feed me their fighters, knowing that I'm going to beat their fighters and then ruin their money making thing? You know what I mean? How do you find, especially why would these fighters or their coaches want to take these fights, knowing that they could fight some weight lesser, easier, and just blow them up, but probably still get paid the same amount or more, whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's been a, it's it's one of them things, and that's what I've learned about boxing over this last year. That um, yeah, like these people will try to shut you out and whatever, but that's just the game. So I just said to myself, you know what, get my head down, I'm going to work my way into a position where it's like, cool, you have to set the fight or whatnot. And I think um, even me being mandatory now, someone put on Twitter the other day and it was so funny. It was like, um, I basically shared a thing saying three years ago when I fight Glenn Foot, it was like, come out the other day, three years ago when I won yeah. the English title, fight Glenn Foot. And someone was like, I like just a random person, I was like, I can't believe this, you fight Glenn Foot, your eighth fight, this guy was 21 and one. Big left for beat, they beat it for the English, and only mm. now, three years later, you're getting a shot at the British. And I actually clicked in my head and I thought to myself, that's actually so true, you know. It's yeah, like, it's a long time, you know what I mean? Like, I've actually been pushing the back of the queue, shut out, and whether it's big promoters, um, obviously, the board are going to put them people first or whatever, you know what I mean? I don't know, mm. it is what it is, but I got my time, my shot now, you know, and once Ooh. I get it, no one ain't taking it from me. No, well, mate, I wish you the best of luck in it. But was it MTK? Was it were you attached to them for a bit? Were you, is that right? From what I understand. Um, yeah, I was touching MTK. I, I got with MTK like just before my Glen Foot fights. So when I got with them, um, MTK wasn't as big as it was now when I first got with them. You know what I mean? Like now mm. they're like they're flying. You know what I mean? Like they're the main thing. They're, they're on everybody else's lips. You know what I mean? When yeah. I first got with them, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? They, I think they weren't even not long turning to MTK for MGM, whatever. Um, and then it was a thing of like they didn't have the clout and the thing to make them big pushes or the big moves and. Mm. Um, when I did, like, obviously I beat, um, I eventually got shot. I've, I've been a fight on Sky Sports here twice. Them, them two fights fell through from opponents and stuff like that. Opponents having medical That's issues, stuff like that. Um, and that was just one of their things. So then I was, I was like, waiting for a little bit after my, no, not after my girlfriend, after my Chris Jenkins fight, I was waiting, you know what I mean? So after them two uh, fights fell through, I basically got shot at IBF European, my, um, uh, against Dar Foley on my first yeah. TV shot. Yeah, so I fighted there. Yeah, so you, won... you had a version of the European title as well. We should mention yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. So when I won that, I was like, yeah, cool, happy day. So yeah, the career can start moving forward now. Start getting any big fights. Won that straight away. Had a back to back defense. Yeah, MPK said, come to me. Said, oh, there's a guy. You know what? Yeah, none of these big guys still want to fight you yet, but. Uh, there's a guy who's 12 and 0, um, undefeated, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can have a title defense, I mean, headline, whatever. I thought, yeah, cool, you know what? Yeah, even in my head, I thought, oh, this guy ain't really bringing nothing to the table. Like, a fight against Bill Rayman, he didn't really, my last fight, he didn't really bring nothing, not even bring nothing to the table, but all he brought was his undefeated record, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, I don't mind, you know what I mean? I'm ready to show that, um, but have taken another person, uh, oh, you know what I mean? So I thought, cool. So fight it and beat him. And with that, like, back to back sensation twice being on TV and showing the world what I was doing, showing these other fighters with fighters around Britain, I think that was just. Not really a wrong move, but that was a scaring point for them. Like, ooh, like, yeah, like, we don't want none of this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, forget that. Stay away from him. Leave him alone. Duh, duh, like, no. Mm. And then I think it was the case of that. So then I kind of was shut out for a bit. And then even speaking to MDK, it's no fault to MDK. They even said, like, you know what? You're, like, one of the hardest people we've got under our books yet to, like, match and get fights. Yeah. You're, so, you're so good. You come from, you haven't got the biggest profile where you haven't had the biggest amateur career. And you literally, I've made a profile of just upsetting guys. You know what I mean? And that's not really, yeah. I thought, I thought that'd be a good thing to do, but I don't, I guess it's not, you know? Like, I guess well, it's, it's a bit the business side of it, I suppose. If you spoil someone's earnings, if it's the promoter's earnings, if, you know, directly <laughs> through the fighter or whatever, I suppose. Would you, would you be open at this point if you win the fight? 
in September to go on to, to sign a promotional contract with one of the big guys, be it Matchroom or Frank Warren? What yeah, 100%. 100%. Like 100% it's just, um, that's where the big fights are. You know what I mean? Like I, was, I was sitting down and look at who got the biggest fights, you know, bigger fighters, bigger roster, the one that makes more sense for my career, who's offering the most. You know what I mean? And um, Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like I wouldn't, I have no doubt that once I get them titles that, Matching Frank or whoever is going to want to come and sign me up. I or MTK can put something to them to get me signed. I have no doubt in that. With me, I've never been one of these guys chasing, begging it. You know what I mean? I've always yeah. said I don't even mind doing it on my own. I don't actually mind doing it on my own. But then I've learned maybe you have to team up with someone and do it. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind, man. You know what I mean? I would. I wouldn't. Mind. Would you? What would you? What would you want to do is with those titles? Would you be eager to try and retain? I think it's it three defenses of the Lonsdale belt you have to have to, to retain the British. Would it. you want to do that or do you want to keep moving? Yeah. In terms of going up, um, I it depends like who there is to defend and how big the fight is and what else yeah. is there. Like when I win them titles, like sitting down and looking at it, because there's going to be so many options. Whether you stay at British level, defend, whether you move on to international, whether you go to European, you know what I mean. It, it depends. You know what I mean. So for me, I've always said, yeah, I want to get to a world title as quick as possible. So preferably, I would like to move on. But I wouldn't mind having a little defense and then. Yeah. Still a development for me. You know I, mean? I, haven't, I haven't been out there. I've been at the game for how long? Have had the fact I'm still on 13 and oh, so I wouldn't mind having a title defense against a big name or whatever if it made sense, or if it didn't make sense to go on and fight the European champion or beat him or go fight a Lewis Ritson or somebody in an international title. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, would, it would, I wouldn't mind like, but personally, I would want to. Probably move on and take the quickest route to a world title. Lewis like, Ritson in Newcastle would be a good night, wouldn't it? Because he's got incredible support up there. It's great. great that's what. That's what I want. If I had to have one of these fights, if I had to pick anyone up super lightweight, um, that's what I want. And it's not even a case. So don't get me wrong. I think I could beat all these super lightweights in there. Like, and that's just me. Yeah. I think I could beat every single one of them. But it's not like I'm saying I want Lewis Ritson because he's easy. Something like that. I think Lewis Ritson, like, like if you look at all the people in there, he's probably one of the top ones out of the super lightweights. What are re- um, realistic that I can get a fight with? You know what I mean? So I want to yeah. fight the best. If I can't fight, I'm not obviously going to fight a Josh Taylor or Jack Catchock. They're obviously busy doing world title things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So next up is Lewis Ritson. You know what I mean? What fourth blow them? So yeah, why not, man? You know what I mean? That's who. That's why I would want. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a loaded division internationally. You mentioned Josh Taylor. I was in that fight against Regis Progre last year. That was awesome. You know the one yeah, in, yeah. in the O2. Just the high level quality was was supreme. Did you Did you enjoy that fight? Yeah, man. I, I was helping uh, Taylor. Uh, in camp for that one like me and him sparring a couple of rounds for that uh, he needed a southpaw and stuff like that so because Riggs Progray whatever his name is yeah so mm-hmm. um, it was good uh, it was good Good. like Taylor he's, Taylor, like, he's a good talent um, very good talent and I enjoyed like I learned a lot of him as well I was training with him and stuff like that so it was good man yeah well that's great that's great to hear so you're kind of you're doing a lot of sparring with the elite with the elite as well at the moment you've got that, that's that elite back yeah that's all I've been doing so where these guys haven't wanted to be fighting me whatever it's like I, I've always said to myself I don't want to just stay you know what I mean? Just still, so I've non-stop been fighting world champions, top-level European champions. You know what I mean? From like uh, George Linares, Lee Salby, um, Josh Taylor, mm. Luke Campbell, like Joe Cordina, all these top fighters. Yeah, what I'm going to be promised to do great things or are doing great things. Ahara Davis, all these fighters, kind of all these people. I mean, I've, I've non-stop like you know what I mean, got a roster of like a big record of forms of people. I've been going around traveling, sparring all the best. You know what I mean? So that's why mm. I know when I say these things about I can beat the best and stuff like that. It's not a case of me just saying it trying to, everybody can say it like but me before I say it I've had to go back up to myself to believe it you know are they bringing you in are they because are they paying you for that because that's obviously a good sign if they want you to come to them is a, is, is a good indication that they value which is the, the biggest test isn't it 100% like with me it's like a name got about that you know this guy he's good sparring decent good sparring and not a lot of people know about him so not a lot of people really use him so <laughs> get him in and I think the good thing what they like about me is I'm going to come in I'm going to give you a mad workout mad mad yeah. workout yeah where you're going to think what the heck like you're going to look at me and think this guy's only had like three, five, whatever. 
know what I mean, or whatever. Or even these times when I've been sparring these guys, when I even had 30 fights, and I've had 10 fights, you know what I mean, under them, stuff like that. You got to think of what, you know what I mean, you come in, and you get a good sparring, it's like their coach saying, no, we want you back at one. And then the thing they love about it, because I've got the biggest profile, I don't even charge that much, you know what I mean? So I don't charge the most for sparring. <laughs> so they're getting like a world-level sparring from me for yeah. a, a cheap prospect price, you know? So they love it, they love it. No, good for you, mate. We'll keep doing it and make, make sure you get your worth and you'll definitely get your value after this and then you get the titles. I think that will go up when you have negotiations around sparring as well. What do you have a plan? Because you mentioned the, the physical reality of boxing, the Floyd Mayweather's kind of mantra of, of getting in, getting out with as much as you can in terms of finance with the faculties intact as well. I remember David Hay famously wanted to retire before his 31st birthday, did it, but then came back and didn't go so well <laughs> when he came back in, in fairness. What, what, have you got a plan in terms of an age you want to finish by or, what, or a list of what you want to achieve before you leave? What's your take? Or do you just go you know, kind of feel your way through and see how, you, how your body reacts and responds? It's a weird one. Like, that's a good question, man. It's a very good question. It's weird because I thought about these things and, like, when I first walked into the game, it was like, I said to myself, I'll box till I'm 100, you know what I mean? Like, I love boxing, bro, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like you, the same way you're a great boxing fan, you've got mad love. I can even see it the way you speak and the passion you got for boxing and sports, stuff like that. It's the same way me, you know what I mean? Even though I like I boxing, it's my job, my career. Yeah. Before then, there's like a hobby and a, um, I'm a fan of the sport, you know what I mean? So mm. um, I always said about the longest I could box on, and I don't know what I'd have done without boxing after or after boxing. I don't want to stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, how, how, did you get, how did you get into it, actually? Because I live in Cheltenham. You live very close by in Gloucester. How did you, how did you get into it in Gloucester? Um, my, my older brother, like my older brother was like a big, um, big, big influence on me getting into boxing like we both used to just sit from when we was young I spent a lot of time with him my mum used to always be at work and stuff like that so I used to spend a lot of time with him and we always used to watch like Rocky Rocky stuff you know what I mean and then we'd put on the gloves and from a young age a young age of four like we'd literally be like I'm really gonna have gloves sometime yeah back when we first like, we didn't have gloves so we'd have to roll up socks put socks in like a bunch of socks <laughs> in a sock and then put the socks on our hands and stuff like that yeah so maybe yeah. that's why we even got hot I got hard head conditioning I don't know like how much older is he than you He's like about five years older than me, probably okay. like something like that, or four, four years older than me, something like that. So it's like yeah. from a young age, but he he's not your average um like person. He, he was like very beyond his age, you know what I mean? Like it's so mm. weird. Like if you ever met him, whatever, he was so like wise. I always call him like a guru because from a young age, he was like an adult. And I don't know, maybe because he had to just be the adult, the father mm. figure in my life, whatever. So he's had to be very did mature. You, did, you, did your dad sort of leave early, did he? Because that's quite typical in boxing often. A lot of boxers have had that. My dad was around, he was around and that, but it was just like my mum and dad separated and stuff like that. So it was like, yeah. it's mainly mum, uh, my mum was single parent looking after both of us. Um, but then at the same time, it was like, dad was always in and out. You know what I mean, he's great dad, whatever, but he was just like, dad had ever kids, everything going on, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. I was never really fussed about that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I still had a great life, whatever, but I spent a lot more time with my brother. So where he was more matured, wiser, he's got me loads of people sparring. Um, you get me his friends to spar as he got older stuff like that he'd be putting on like little bets <laughs> and stuff like that like you know what I mean? for me to spar people and for me I just loved it like, I didn't really who, care was what scoring, who was scoring the spars then was he scoring them as well as taking the bets or who was doing that it wasn't really no score, you know, because it was literally so one-sided. Like, yeah. like if I if, if, believe me, it's like from a young age, like I could have been from I could have been like ten years old sparring guys what was like 16, 17, 18, wow. whatever. Like even I remember I remember times like the last time we used to start doing that was like fourteen. Before I started walking into like a boxing gym, I was like fourteen, and you get me like big mental spar. So I was like fourteen sparring like twenty-five year old, twenty-three year old. But you got to think by this time, yeah, what I've done non-stop doing was sparring and training with him, yeah, for years. So. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know at the time, but I was really good. Now I think back to it. Yeah, like there were times I walk in these spots and can I really beat these guys? Whatever. And he used to be so confident, but he never told me I was good. He never told me he didn't want me to be cocky. But I'm going in there and it's like all these spots are literally so one-sided. And obviously these guys are just big men. They're not boxers, you know what I mean? They're just average Joes, but they're like fighting, like fighting men, whatever. But 
from then it was like they got to the point of that and I thought you know what let's go into a gym then let's actually see what we could do then you know what I mean and then mm. li- linked up with my guy John so, Pittman and yeah. then from there it went, went from there man you know so he was t- your brother was teaching you what was, your, what was your brother's name your brother was teaching you just Shugs 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 was, yeah, yeah. teach- was just teaching you from what his own like kind of instinct about what, what, what he should teach how he should teach you Nah, he was just so smart. Like he was so, he was studied this game. Like he was so like into the sport. Like not just boxing, but combat sport as a whole. You know what I mean? Like mm. he's a guy like would like when I tell you he's way beyond his time. Even up to now, like he's a bit like I call him an old man now because he's so beyond his time now. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> at, at a young age, he was so like mature, bro. You know what I mean? And mm. he would be studying sport, watching it, and actually um combat, different combat sports. Um, look at the unanimity of the bo- um the body where like if you hit somebody there it kind of hurt that way and, and then or if you hit somebody down little things like that and he taught you in a certain way like he would talk to you in a way like how a person should feel you know what I mean so he wouldn't yeah. just you know you know these people would be like talking about oh you do this this and that like all these gym people oh you gotta do these combo da, da, da. he wouldn't really like that he's more about I know in a fight a person's gonna feel like this or you can make a person feel like that or when you get into this situation a person's gonna feel like he would talk to you in that type of way and dissect the sport mm. so like my understanding of the boxing was so different to everybody else you know what I mean like and yeah, man, it was it was great. It was great times. Very analytical mind, naturally. Yeah, that's fa- that's amazing. And then what happened with John Pittman? Then you came in at fourteen, and then it kind of just went from there. You must have been pretty quickly through your amateur ranks and, then, and turning professional because well, when did you turn pro? About five years ago. So you're in teen years still. Yeah. So when I by the age of fourteen, like obviously I remember I used to be like a, not really like a little streaker, but you know me and my friends hang around, we do little badness on the road, or whatever. And I remember we used to finish school, and our normal day would be we finish school. And we go to town, hang around at McDonald's, and literally just do that like till whatever. We go, we kept doing that every day. And then I remember one of our friends was like, uh, he, go, he was he was going to the, like fight fighting my uh, John Pittman's gym, and then he was saying about yeah, they, uh, they they got a first session free, whatever. He, like come down, and it's like you know you got kids who ain't doing nothing, so it's like yeah. let's go down there, yeah. But for me, I like remember I liked boxing, I loved boxing, so I won't really tell anybody, yeah, let's go there. But I was actually like kind of quiet about it, but I was, like I was really excited, like yeah, let's go, let's go, you know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't really let no one know. So when we was going down there. I really wanted to do this. When we got went down there, we all went down there, uh, met with John Pittman. And the first thing I was like to him, I just want to spar. I want to spar, let me spar. And he was not letting no one spar. Everyone's like, let's spar. He's like, no, no one can't spar. You've got to keep coming, <laughs> show your dedication. Because he thought so, you were a complete novice, did he, at that time? Yeah. Yeah, like, I haven't boxed, apart from the little spars my brother was giving me, the little training my brother was doing, um, I never really, that was the first time I stepped into a boxing ring. So I was actually so fascinated. Like, I was like a little kid in a, in a street store, like, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like, mm. at Christmas, like, I was thinking, look at the ring. Oh, my gosh, look at the boxing bag, look at the gloves. Like, <laughs> I was trying to play it cool, though. Don't get me wrong, I was playing it cool. But, like, that's, that was my love for it deep down inside. And then, like, for the first two days, like, we kept coming back, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, kept coming back different sessions. And I, for the first, it took like about three sessions. I kept going on to like, I want to spar, I want to spar. Because my thing is, I know I'm good. I just want to show it, like, show it off, you know what I mean? And mm. it, obviously, he's looking at us thinking, oh, these are just like little kids, whatever, you know what I mean? He's like, now you got to come, whatever. Eventually, he broke in. He's like, oh, you know, all right, then cool. If you, like, if you buy a gum shield, you can spar, you know, whatever, cool. So I bought a gum shield, like, cool. I had like dinner money and whatever. I bought a gum shield. Everybody else bought a <laughs> gum shield, whatever. And he made me and my friends spar first. Like, like just, I guess it was like his little test way to see how he was. So we yeah. sparring. I literally blitzed my friend, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> felt sorry for him, whatever, but I had to just do it. Like, and then I thought, yeah, this is my time to shine. So I literally blitzed him. Yeah. And I think John Pittman could see from there, like, oh, he's a bit different to the rest of them. So from yeah, there, he was like, all right. Yeah. yeah, like, you know what I mean? So he's like, from there, he made my friend get out of the ring. He's like, all right, he put an actual boxer in, like a proper AB boxer in, you know what I mean? So got him with him. I was thinking, I was like excited. I thought, cool. And I kind of like hard my own blitz him, you know what I mean? 
And that was Got an adult. Age. Was that adult boxer or was that a, te- a he, teenager? No, nah, he was a teenager, but a bit older yeah. than me, but a teenager. But it was like, so John's like thinking, okay, cool. And then he got an adult pro boxer. And so this boxer, like, must have what, just turned pro. I think he only had about two pro fights at the time. Um, I think it was like Mikey Biggs at the time, whatever. Um, across the boxer. But it's like, he, he got him in. And then it's like, when we sparred, um, I literally like, hold my own, like, don't get wrong, it's like, the, the pro, it was, it was such a good fun because it's like, you got to think this pro should be literally taking it easy and whatever, but he's yeah. trying doing this thing and I'm literally <laughs> just boxing his head off, whatever. But it wasn't like me just one, it wasn't one sided, it was very competitive. But for someone who's 14, who's never fighted before, going against a pro, he shouldn't be doing that. So I think that right there, the whole gym was stopping watching. I think that just raised alarm bells to everybody. Mm. And when I got out of the ring, I just felt like, yeah, that was fun. You know what I mean? I'm just like a normal kid. It's like, like yeah, that was fun. And like, John was there and he to be like, He's like, you got real potential. You got real potential. Wow. To do. You, you'll be back. I know you, you'll be back. And you got loads of things to do. And like, you literally brought down the game to me. Like, you could do great things in this sport. You keep coming. You stick at this. Like, you can go all the way, man. And I thought to myself, really? Like, I thought to be a boxer, you had to be like some big thing. You had to do all these things. Maybe study. I don't even know. Like, I just thought it was yeah. so hard to become no, a it's boxer. An open, it's quite an open sport, isn't it, from the start? You don't need, you don't need anyone to pick you. That's the cool nothing. thing about it in a way. Yeah, right? nothing. No, you don't need no grades, no qualification, no study. Nothing. I thought, what? So. I thought, yeah, but I thought this is what I want to do. And at that point in time, yeah, where I was a bit of a naughty kid, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with life. Like, we was at the age where we're doing GCSEs, get to that sort of stage. And yeah. everything's like, you got to start knowing what you got to do, start making your plan. And I just thought, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So right then, then that was me. I said, you know what? I put my all into this year. I know I can do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they went from there, man. You know, they went from there. And I never looked back. Like, never looked back. And you're still with John today, still training at the same gym. Still with him, still in the same gym, still training. Like that's like that's like my brother, my big brother, my big uncle, <laughs> my like one of my best friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like we we're like we're proper tight, man. You know what I mean? Like a proper yeah. family relationship, um, more than just like a coach and boxer. Like there's no better relationship than like a coach and a boxer. And well, unless it's just a business thing, but ours goes way beyond that, you know what I mean? And yeah, um and yeah, man, like it's been great, man, great journey. I wouldn't pick no one else to take his place because it's like he, no one else knows me like he does you know what I mean like no. there's, there's so many more ever coaches so more experience I could have went with so many other coaches some people tell me people like to me they like to get in your ear and say why don't you go with them coach why don't you go mm. there why don't you train there and it's like for me it's like nah like I'm, I'm good enough yet to be with John Pittman he's a good coach and he knows me that's what takes better he yeah. knows what makes me tick more than being all the spirits, being all the badges, like you could go with certain, you got certain coaches where you could go on what are like under what could have probably got me on TV and got me with the big promoters by now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's not my thing, like I think loyalty runs thicker than that, you know. Yeah, I well, you tell you what, it's interesting about coaches and that and that two way trust and that understanding of each other because I had a real fascinating conversation once at a breakfast. We've been out to Monaco to cover a boxing event there, and, and the breakfast was awesome because it was, it was uh, for Matchroom, but Sky were there as well. I was working for Matchroom and the Sky Pundits were Carl Froch, uh, Johnny Nelson and Matt, Matthew Macklin. And we yeah. had a conversation about coaches and obviously uh, Carl had stayed with Rob, Rob McCracken throughout his career. Johnny had Brendan Ingle and the Winkerbank gym and stayed with them in Sheffield the whole time. But Matt Macklin had switched around a bit and he'd been a world level contender but never won that world title fight. Someone would say against Felix Sturm he almost got it in the middleweight, maybe should have done decision. Yeah. But he said that he regretted moving around a bit afterwards. He realises that and often it would be weaknesses in himself that he would blame on a trainer and then move on yeah. it was easier he was quite candid about that so it was interesting that those guys that stayed with someone said yeah you just have to accept that you know that you have that depth of bond and you have to take the rough with the smooth when things go badly against you yeah. and then don't throw your, your prams out of the toys out of the toys pram out of yeah now 100 percent like um i think that's very right because it's like don't get me wrong like if i never if I didn't, I, if I didn't have the relationship, I have or say for something. For, God forbid, anything happened to JP or whatever. Um, mm. 
I don't think I'd ever get this bond again with someone else. I wouldn't really be looking for it. So it'd be more of a business thing anyway. Like, I mean, so whether, whoever's the right coach, if that guy wants to coach on the right coach and has to switch around, then probably, yeah, I can understand that. You know what I mean? It'd be more of a business thing because you've got to be a bit selfish in the sport as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, like I said, I was big, I was going to grow high, big up on the Rocky thing. So like that Rocky and Mick relationship. <laughs> what was your favourite like, Rocky film? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I can't choose that of three and four. I'm in the middle yeah. of three and four. Yeah. Maybe three. I'm probably going to go with three because he had to make a comeback. And I liked how he switched up his style and stuff like that. The but, Creed um, films are good, aren't they? The Apollo Creed. The Creed yeah, films yeah. The Creed, well. yeah, yeah. The Creed are good as well. But like like I say, like, yeah, with the whole um, Mick and stuff like that, like, and the relationship they had, I was always kind of mm. big on that. Um, and um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see you can't get no better better relationship. Like that. And like you said there, like we, um, you got to take the rough with the smooth and the good of that. Like me, that's what happened in my John's relationship. Like there's been so much ups and downs. Like people think it's been smooth sailing. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's been just great. But they don't understand. Like like me and John talk about the day. We can't really say much. But once we get this all said and done, we can write a book, bro. And people <laughs> actually understand. Like like yeah. it's been like a, a roller coaster journey between it's us. It's like a marriage, bro. isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But like sometimes you're so annoyed at me, or I'm so annoyed at him. We spend so much time together. Like, yeah, like, even his missus said that, he's like, me, I sometimes feel like we're both married to him or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet. Oh, mate, it was brilliant. I wish the, I wish the best of luck when it, when it happens. I just wanted to ask you as well, because I've actually been on, a, the reason I was a bit late coming to you today, I was on a, a work conference around Black Lives Matter. And yeah. uh, Troy Townsend, who's had a kick it out campaign in football, was speaking to us and, and just talking about stuff and, and trying to enlighten us a bit. And I think it's been illuminating for a lot of white people. I just wanted to ask you what it was like growing up as a, a black lad in Gloucester, how, how, how you found that experience. Um, it, it was it was okay in that it was okay in a way of like you know what I mean um I've always been more cultural in a way of like uh I grew up in white school all white school stuff like that you know what I mean um mm. my area was mostly predominantly white area um where I grew up so I had like I knew to grow up with white friends everybody's humans that's how I was always raised you know what I mean mm. um did I face racism from youth growing up to being um I don't yeah I've always faced racism in certain ways aspects of my life mm. but um. What, avert, just, avert racism or, or kind of subtle stuff? What was it like? Um, I've been called racist names straight to your face. I've been felt racist, like, um, in where someone could try to control you in a certain way through racism, you know what I mean? Or mm. stop you from getting certain things or living a certain way. Or people could just have stuff against you. It doesn't matter. Like, racism comes in so many different forms. I mm. faced it all, you know what I mean? And um, racism, is, racism is alive, you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing. But, like, with me, it's like, I've never been one of these guys to sit down and be boo-hoo, me, boo-hoo, and this and that. Like, I've learned that it made me stronger. It makes me get on. And I've always, it made me probably determined to want to just prove much to myself, prove to everybody else that, you know mm. what, don't, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, the stereotype st- type out there. Like, I mean, I'm better than that, you know what I mean? Like, there are black yeah. guys what can do great things, you know what I mean? And even if you start from a bad background, not, not like, you come from the streets, wherever, you know what I mean? Poor, rich, whatever, it don't really matter. Like, you can do great things. And I'm, I, I want to be able to want to show that it can be different. Mm. Um, following the Black Lives Matter movement, um, it's a bit up in the air at the moment because some people are with it, some people are against it. It's kind of creating a divide, whatever. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy that yeah. the fact that it's just people shining light on an issue that's been around for a long time, you know what I mean? And um, and it's not just that. I'm actually happy with the support of how many white people are actually jumped on the bandwagon and actually trying to, like, they, like you know what I mean? Open their eyes and say, you know what, whoa, this ain't mm. right. Like, some people have known it for time. Some people have had to get re-educated and thought, you know what I mean? Like, right, they didn't even know there was a problem, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, like... Once again, you like with me, like I said, I've grown up loads like with um white friends and black, white, Asian friends. My coach is white, you know what I mean? Um mm. my, my son's mum's white, you know what I mean? So um it's 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 a thing like that. So me, um there there is racism out there, yeah. But I guess I guess like there's 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 good and bad in all walks of life, you know what I mean? Like it don't yeah. matter whether you're black, white, whatever it is. Um 
But I'm just glad there's, there's, there's like, let's look like it's going to be a change. You know I mean, like a change is coming. I don't know if you can change that. There's always going to be some bad out there, but I just mean it's like something's happening, you know? So I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, Troy was saying to us that there's been a lot of conjecture recently about the Black Lives Matter stuff because there's a political organisation called Black Lives Matter, which is a little bit different than the kind of ethos of equality and egalitarianism, which people got confused by. But I think what most yeah. people are supporting black and white in the recent movement, it's just been that sense of fairness and equality and, and just, you know, judging people on their own merits rather than something ridiculous like a skin colour and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, which, yeah. Which is it's just based on like how much sun our ancestors had, which just seems silly, really. It's about melanin in your skin. It's not about what quality of character you have or what your skills are. 100%. 100%. And that's the thing, like, even when you look into deep into the Black Lives Matter thing, so, uh, one of my friends was telling me the other day, yeah, because maybe I was a bit, um, not blind, but, like, I was just on the movement, more the movement itself, but like you said, what it, what it stands for. But then my friend was, like, trying to say to me about it's funded by this type of thing, it's this and that, and all the politics thing in it mm. where it's, like, it's meant to be created and divided. And it probably is, you know what I mean? There probably is someone sat out there trying to just play everybody against each other and trying to just have fun yeah. or whatever. Could be that, yeah. But for me, I think people got to look beyond that and look at the meaning of it, of, you know what, black life do matter. And all life do matter, but black lives matter. In fact, black lives have been in danger and stuff like that. So it's like, mm. the people that really do understand, it's great. But the people who are like going against it and like feeling hate to it, they don't need to feel no hate towards it because it's not a thing. Like no one ain't ever saying, like like I said, like I, I love all my white people. I love all my age people. I love everybody, yeah. I just don't mm. love racists. Like that's what literally, yeah, I just don't love racists. So, yeah. and I don't think no one does. So no. like that's, that's the thing. I think if you believe in sport and you believe in, in fair sport, people are interested and you want a fair fight, don't you? So everyone wants a fair shot in life, I think. That's the key, isn't it? And I think that's 100%. the whole point is that actually you shouldn't be afraid if you, if you back yourself to succeed. You shouldn't be afraid that everyone's on an equal level playing field. So 100%, 100%. I think, that, I think that's the message. It's interesting, though, because you, you mentioned growing up in Gloucester that you were in a white school, but Gloucester is... Re- people might be surprised you come from big cities like London and Birmingham that Gloucester's relatively multicultural, isn't it? It's not- yeah, like very much. And it's, it's, it's weird because when I, when I was growing up as like a real young it was like since now it's got it's got even more multicultural like from different type of races like from back in the day it was like kind of like you're just your blacks your whites and then mm. a few Asians but then over the last like 10 years or so like it's kind of like you've got your Czechs your Polish um, you've got mm. Russians you've got Chinese you've got like it has become a real multicultural place and I think um yeah, like that's maybe maybe that's a bit why. Like I don't know, I've never been fond of just being one type of people. I've always looked at people the same way, and like I can get along with a white person, or I can get along with a black person, or I can get along with an Asian person. I think it's down to who you are. You know what I mean? And you can yeah. connect. You can always connect with a good person, and see if someone got a good soul and good potential or good attention. I mean them. Um, yeah, you know what I mean, and and that's the thing like that. Like growing up in school, like. I've had some weird teachers, man. You know what I mean? I've had some weird <laughs> teachers, stuff like that. But like, I, I, from a young age, sometimes there were times where I had racism where I didn't really... You, you know you can know when something's wrong or something like that. Well, yeah, is it when, te- like... when teachers sometimes expect things of black kids, like they don't encourage them? Yeah. Matt, 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 Skel- <laughs> Matt Skelton, the boxer, said to me, he, didn't, he, he was never encouraged to play tennis. He was always encouraged to do athletics because he was a big black guy and stuff. And, you know, never encouraged a... to do accountancy and stuff like that. I remember when I was young and we did this thing like we used to sit in a circle and people used to say, oh, what do you want to do when you're older? I remember once a time saying like, oh, I was really young, like, oh, I, want to, I want to be a boxer. And the teacher looked at me and she's like, oh, no, you can't do that. Um, that's what thugs do, this and that. Da, da. And it was like the type of thing that's like, why? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, why don't you go do something good or why you want to be like, and it's like, how dare you say that to a child? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Muhammad Ali was a boxer, yeah. And, you, know. you know what I mean? And it's like, the way, the way she's coming from it, it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's weird. And not just that, like, there's been so many different things where um, 
teachers to put you down or whatever, stuff like that, and then just go through life and different things. But it's always made me stronger, you know what I mean? And and even times where you I've been young, whether races have been there, or whatnot, I've even been able to not even be able to know it, but you know, it's like you've just been so oblivious to it because you're a kid, you're a child, mm. you know what I mean? And you think, why would anybody you, you look at people and you expect people to look at you the same way? So when you get an off feeling with you and people's being offered you and treating you a certain way, and you're coming day and day and people treating you weird or treating you differently, yeah. it's like you don't really clock it. You just think, you just go with it. You know what I mean? I think maybe that's just a bit normal. Then mm. as you grow up, you think, nah, it's not normal, you know? But like Prejudice, I said, yeah. it's made me who I am and it's made me great and it's made me confident enough to battle these type of things, you know? And I'm yeah. happy that I can shine a light and make maybe help and make a difference if, if a difference needs to be made. Yeah, I think it's, it's for, for a lot of us white people who are well-meaning and, and Troy said you're using the word ally to, to help yeah. sort of move towards equality. Because I think a lot of us were genuinely oblivious to stuff that still went on. I think yeah. so, social media abuse and stuff like that. I speak to black friends and almost like female friends as well who are, who are yeah, white, yeah. white, black or whatever. Some of the stuff they get, I'm like, gee, you know, it's, it's yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even realise that was going on. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I think a lot of people were like, a lot of people would be oblivious to it, yeah. I think they're oblivious to it. It's like, I was speaking to someone before, and it's like, um, one of my white friends, there's like, no, nah, they couldn't believe the certain person. It's like, no, that don't happen. There's no reason to do And then they're shot in the of space and stuff. Their obliviousness to it is not because, I don't think it's because, I used to think people being oblivious because they don't want to know. A lot of it could be, some people could be they don't want to know, but a lot of it, what I found out is, the obliviousness is because they're judging the world on how good they are and how they see the world, you know what I mean? So yeah. if you see the world in a fair place and you think, yeah, you're like fair, like say you yourself, like you or guy will say, I know for some, just by speaking to your energy, the way you are, looking at your page and stuff you're going about, yeah, your guy will look treat everybody like a human being, you know what I mean? You And you've got that in you. So you might think to that the rest of everybody you. else treats like everybody yeah. else treats you like that, but it's not like that, you know what I mean? Not everybody else treats that. Same and I can, way, yeah, and I can live in that bubble though. That's the thing because no yeah. one's breaking it for me because you know no because I can I don't get abuse necessarily. I get a few people arguing me about football, but that's about it. So yeah, it's not yeah. The same thing, yeah. <laughs> and the same way, same way with me. Like I could think, all right, the way I look at every human the same way. It don't mean necessarily every black person would be good and trying to be good person, whatever. And there are like people, black, bad black guys out here what mm. do bad things, you know what I mean? So not, you know what I mean? So it is just that, like I say, what I've learned is they're all good and bad in every walks of life. Like, Yeah, it's not to do with what your skin colour is, it's to do with what's in, inside really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's absolutely right. Well, it's great to speak to you, um, really. Tell us about... Uh... Tell us about where we can watch the fight. It's on. It's on the Good Friends Ooh. Eiffel TV, isn't it? Is IFR you... TV. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah. So the fight, first of September, fighting for the British Commonwealth title. Third time lucky. Third time it's been rescheduled. <laughs> I'm fighting the Commonwealth champion Philip Bowles for his Commonwealth title and the vacant British title. Um, it's going to be an action-packed, great fight. You can catch the fight on. IFR TV in England, and I'm sure it's ESPN in America. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great fight. I don't really know the schedule and the time. I just know there's no crowds. But it's going to be on a Tuesday, like I say, 1st of uh, September, Tuesday. So the viewing figure should be up. So if you ain't got yeah, anything to do yeah. late day after work, nothing to do, get home, put your food on, you know what I mean? Miss <laughs> their kit back with a beer. That's a, cle- that's a clever shout, actually, putting on a Tuesday, isn't it? Because then you don't compete Definitely. with the sports. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, like, I'm ready I'm ready to go on there with them viewing figure and put on the show for the whole world. Show them, like, listen, Riddy's back, man. Riddy's back, and I ain't going nowhere this time. When I'm back, I ain't going nowhere. I'm ready to own the game now and get on with it. i got some catching up to do, man. Like, a year out of the game, i got some catching up to do now, and I'm ready man i'm ready i can't wait good man good man i love it we'll have to meet up in person soon as well because all the social distancing hopefully will get will relax more as we as we come on so that'll be good to, to catch up i was like definitely we got to be linked up man soon when you're ready man just let me know man definitely let's do it yeah, fight, yeah. If people, just people if they are looking for it it's if 
LTV. Literally, it's, it's spelled like that on YouTube. It's a great YouTube channel if you're a combat sports fan and particularly boxing. It's it's wonderful kind of interviews and stuff. And they they, they kind of um, changed the game a little bit in the media landscape, yeah. haven't they? With the way because they they get people to really open up on their platform. That you know, yeah. me thinking. Yeah, IFL TV, IFL TV, you can't miss it, and it's free of charge, you get me? So like I say, you literally, you probably ain't going to get another chance to see me free on TV again after this, you know what I mean? So no, you take it while you can, like, it'll be a great action-packed <laughs> fight, best. You can watch it on your phone. One. Watch it on your phone, <laughs> laptop, TV, watch it in the car, whatever. Well, don't drive and watch it, no. but you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, you can watch it wherever, man, and it's going to be a great fight. Don't, no, people ain't going to miss it. Like, literally, you've got Philip Bowles, he's hungry, he wants, he wants to cement his name, his last shot at, being the oldest, uh, one of the oldest people to win the title, whatever, and the oldest in the top 10. Me, I'm the youngest in the top 10. I'm ready to show them that youth is on my side. I'm ready to do this, man. Really, before you go, I've got to clear up because I always thought there were two boxers from Gloucester that were undefeated because I had really, really rival and then I had a keen Ennis Brown as well. <laughs> so tell us about, like, because you, you're pretty much known as really, really rival, but where does that come from? Do, do people still call you a keen sometimes? Yeah, like, really, really rival and a keen Ennis Brown, they're one person. So for a little while, I think people were getting out of mistake, but I think a lot of people understand now that, yeah, they're one person. Um, but yeah, well, like for a lot of my life, I was um, just ready, you know what I mean? Like from my whole youth, from the streets, from the road, like that's been my name. My name, it's not really a bad name, it's just been with me from a kid, you know what I mean? Like ready, you know what I mean? Um, and it's just followed me into boxing, you know? So that's my, my Elias. And then um, a lot of people were calling me really in the thing. And then obviously since uh, boxing started, a lot of Akimas Brown came into it. And yeah. um, so that's your given like, name, though, is it? And really, really, Brown, yeah. Brown is my birth name, and really, really rival is my chosen cemented name, my warrior name. <laughs> when does that does it mean anything? Is it something we need to is it kind it's of come not, from somewhere? It's my only meaning, what I give it is it meant that it means greatness and success, you know. What I mean, that's what I look at it for, you know. what I mean, um, yeah, but there's no real meaning behind it except from the meaning I give it, you know. Oh, okay, mean? so and, it's not like a yeah, it's not like an ancient tradition of a name, something, nah, 100 not like. No, nah, literally, like, it's just literally ready to drive or be ready for war, man, you know what I mean? Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you are. Well, mate, I love it. And, and, and how, do we, how do we keep in touch with your story as well through social media? Because I know you're on Twitter and Instagram, aren't you? It's, it's, yeah. It's really, you're on there mainly. Is that right, the name? Yeah, so it's really rival on Twitter, really rival on Twitter, but it's really with two eyes. So that's what people don't forget. Yeah, some people try to look and they can't find it. Uh, it's yeah, really yeah. with two eyes, R-I-I-D-D-Y. And then it's really... Uh, really right, no, it's really, really rival on Instagram, really, really rival on Facebook, you know what I mean? So, um, check that out, man, you know what I mean? But remember, it's yeah. two eyes, check it out, follow the journey. My, like I said, my <laughs> journey hasn't been easy, it hasn't been the same as um, everybody else. These people have been padding the records up here, you know what I mean? Like, we've done it the hard way, and it's an interesting journey, but people would love to follow. So, yeah, yeah get behind us, man, get behind us. Galvanize people around here, so it's not just about the big city fighters, let's get you know, the Cheltenham, Gloucester, all the people around here to, to back you as well and follow the story. I think would be fantastic. Nah, 100%, man, 100%. <laughs> get, get the Cotswolds on, 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 the, on the trail, that'd be fantastic. That's what we need, um, man. No one, no one ain't been doing it like us from, from like our city, you know what I mean? So, we need someone to be jumping out there. Yeah. Out, like, you, you know what I mean? Before you go, do you know Adam Harper? Because I've had him on the podcast a couple of times, and um, he's he's in, obviously based in Tewkesbury, not far from you. Yeah, yeah. Adam Harper he used to um, he used to train down um, train down fight factory with us actually one point, one point time. Yeah, he used to be trained on our gym. Good, done loads around him. Adam, cool guy, man, real cool guy. Adam, you know what I mean? Got a lot of time yeah. for Adam. Coming you back. Time, you're coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making a comeback. Yeah, against um. Fowler, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm rooting for Adam still. I can't lie, I'm rooting for Adam, yeah. And a lot of people writing Adam off here, but I'm not writing them off here because I've been in there with Adam, yeah. And this guy got a mad heart, bro, mad heart. And he ain't going to stop coming, you know what I mean? Don't matter what Fowler throws in, he's going to still be there. And it's going to be a real test for Fowler to see if Fowler's the real deal. 
Yeah. If I, if I look at Premier League, show him, yeah, you know what I mean? A lot of people probably won't be like, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? But trust me, Adam Harper ain't no little, like, pushover, you know what I mean? He's a serious fighter. Um, and I got a lot of respect for Adam. Remember the time when um, I went to, I was in the Harangay, Harangay Box Cup on the amateur, and mm. me and John had nowhere to stay in London, you know what I mean? So we had to, yeah. like, we couldn't get hotels and And Adam, like, managed to sort us a big, nice, fancy, posh, one of his friends had a posh, like, little mansion-y, really? like, expensive house that they were ever. And Adam Harper wow. sorted it for us. Um, shout out Adam, man. Respect for I don't forget right. that. I don't forget things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and get that connection when I'm in London now. Try and, uh, <laughs> yeah, but literally, you, you ever need somebody like, bro, the house is <laughs> expensive. Like that. I've never seen a house cost so much, but like, it's mad expensive, but it was proper nice. I mean, layout and Adam sorted that out for us, you know what I mean? And I little stay over there, you know what I mean? He made sure Beautiful. we have to pay nothing. So yeah, shout out Adam. Harper oh, good. That. That's good that you guys are connected as well because you're local pioneers of the, the sport of boxing for sure. So that's, yeah, um, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, go 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 well, Riddy, and um, we'll catch up. We'll catch up after the event for sure, and um, do another another podcast as well. And I'm gonna what I'm gonna do. I, I said to Matt is take this interview as a basis, and then write a piece for Sky Sports. And what I'm gonna do is write it. I spoke to the editor after yeah. August, August the 22nd because we've got that run of matchroom fights where they're gonna have a, a lot of uh, promotion for those fights on the on the website. A lot of stories around those guys involved. But then after that, there'll be hopefully a bit more time where we can put this feature together and, and, and preview that fight, and then. Hopefully, add to the the groundswell of um, of awareness of you, mate. Yeah, man, that'd be great, man. Yeah, I'm down for that, Good. brother. Well, you uh, go well, man. Go like go well, Ed well, Draper, man. thank he's, you, my brother. <laughs> tell, tell your son's done well to keep quiet for this long, so that's brilliant. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll speak. We'll, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Shout out, shout out Ed Draper. Soon. Thank you, brother. See you in a bit. Bye. So there we have it, really, really rival. Kind of empathise with him about confusion of his names because I'm sort of known or was known as a little kid as Teddy, and then. Some of my social media is still Teddy and things like that. But really, really rival we're going to look for, R-I-I-D-D-Y, and uh, check him out on social media. Get behind him, particularly if you're local. I know a lot of local people to me in Cheltenham listen to the podcast. It'd be great if you could follow him on social media, big him up, publicize him as well, and hopefully come to the attention. I'm sure he will just by winning this fight against Philip Bowes on September the 1st, the big promotional companies, because love them all. Loathe them in the sense they have got those tight connections with the broadcast companies and the oxygen for the, the industry of boxing and, and the opportunities to to make it to make big finance. Although he's done so fantastically well out of the mainstream, in effect, really, particularly with that lack of amateur pedigree in terms of high profile amateur pedigree. But great guy, really fascinating to hear from him. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do like it, love it. If you uh, rate it on iTunes or get in touch with me on social media, always appreciate people getting in touch through my twitter ed draper 81 or ed underscore draper 81 on instagram and also have a facebook page that you can comment on and stuff like that so do do that and uh yeah i really appreciate you listening to the podcast as ever thank you to the sponsors bang olufsen of cheltenham and serene av uh, specialists in the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations check out bang olufsen cheltenham check out cytoplan.co.uk if you're looking for supplements be optimizing your immunity or whatever it might be, um, head to cytoplan.co.uk and with an association with the podcast, you can get a 10% discount with the code DRAPER10. I have to do an order myself, actually, buy some more pretty soon because I'm running low. I've got Immunovite, but I'll take a supplement called Foundation Formula 2, which is the one for men. I'll have to renew my order for that. Uh, so, yeah, good, good memory jog doing the podcast hope you like it as i say the weather's been pretty good, strong this week in the west of england going to work friday saturday and i hope to get a couple of boxing podcasts away next week because boxing comes back as well in, in uh, august for matchroom i know it's been a bt show already I'm not trying to be too biased uh, but yeah i hope you're well i hope uh, this kind of strange time I'm, 
also looking ahead, I'm going to do a Live Life Well podcast uh, a video uh, show for their next festival, which is the people who organise the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival, Alex Davidson and Lottie Kebble-Wyatt. That's going to be in September, uh, a video kind of conference. And I'm going to speak to Johnny Nelson, former world champion boxer who's been on this podcast, and a guy called Anthony Asprey, who's also been on this podcast from the Whole Man Academy, talking about men's health, men's physical and psychological health and how we can preserve it and our social health and you know things like that and how perhaps positive alternatives to psychotherapy so watch out for that on my social media and i let you know i hope to speak to lottie and alex ahead of their next uh, well virtual well-being session actually as we still have that relative lockdown aren't doing a festival in person until the spring all being well all being well with you i hope you're good guys appreciate listening to the podcast if you could rate it on itunes great if not don't worry just great to have you here thank you bye for now